0: Welcome back to Weapons of Righteousness Ministries, our online Bible study. My name is Taylor Clark, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about what is the truth. I'm doing a series on the truth, and this is part two of that series. In part one, I talked about uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, which is where we're at, where Paul exhorts the believers in the church of Ephesus to stand therefore having gird your waist or girded your waist with truth and I explained how before we can gird our waist with truth we must know what truth is in order to to do that and Paul said that this is the only way that we can stand we can't stand in the lie we can't stand in, in circumstances. We can't stand in in facts because facts are subject to change. Circumstances are, fu- are, are, are subject to to change, but the truth of God never changes. And so we must define what the truth is in order to recognize what the lie is and then we can walk by that truth over the lie. We can walk by that truth over circumstances, we can walk by that truth over facts, and that truth will change the circumstances and the facts in this life. So we're going to move into part two here, talking about what is the truth. God's word, that's, that's the most simplest answer uh, that, that I can give you. God's word is the truth. Whatever he speaks is truth, for he is the God of truth and light. So I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture during this video because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm not going to give you my opinion on things. I'm giving you scripture, documented scripture on what God says, what Jesus said about himself in order to convey to you that this is the truth. What I'm telling you is the truth. This is the truth that's been revealed to me from Scripture. And so we're going to go to Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. And in this verse, it says, He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all His ways are justice. A God of truth. And without injustice, righteous and upright is he, a God of truth. So we serve a God, not of lies. We don't serve a God of circumstances. We don't serve a God of facts that are subject to change. In fact, the Bible says that God changes not. Why does he not change? Because he is a God of truth. The truth never changes. So don't look to your circumstances and think that God is working in the circumstances that are coming against you. You might see, you might feel symptoms in your body of sickness. You might have the doctor tell you that you have diabetes. You might have the doctor tell you that you have cancer. You might have the doctor tell you that you have these physical ailments within your body. That doctor is not wrong. That doctor is giving you the facts of what actually exists in your body. But that's not the truth. The truth of God never changes. And the truth is found in Jesus. The truth is found in who you are in Jesus, in Christ. So the truth is, despite the fact that that symptom or that diagnosis is in your body that's a fact that that's coming against you the truth of god says that by the stripes of jesus you were healed that jesus took all sickness all pain all suffering all depression all anxiety he took everything on the cross and when he says it is finished before he gave up his spirit he was saying that everything that was broken through the the fall of man and adam had been restored at that point, that he, he became the curse. Galatians 3.13, if you look that up, it says that Jesus became the curse for us and has redeemed us from the curse. What does redeemed mean? Redeemed means that we've been set free from the curse of the law. And if you want a definition of what the curse of the law was, you look at Deuteronomy 28 and the second uh, two-thirds of that chapter, it lists out the curses of the law, the curses of not walking by God. Now, this is Old Testament, but Jesus came and it says that he fulfilled the law. And so he became the curse. So if you look back in those scriptures, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it lists out the blessings in the first section of the chapter, but then the remaining I don't know. It's probably about forty verses. The remaining two thirds of that chapter lists out all of the curses, according to the law. And a part of the curses, it says every. It says all sickness. It talks about cancer. It talks about tumors. It talks about uh, about several different specific diseases and specific illnesses and ailments. But then just not to leave anything out it says and any other sickness and and forgive me I don't know the exact verse of that but if you read through the second two-thirds or the two-thirds of that that chapter it says that it encompasses all sickness you know there was no sickness in the Garden of Eden God did not create sickness sickness was birthed out of sin, the sin of Adam and Eve, the wages of sin is death, and that death encompasses every form of death. And so, you might have coming against your body these different medical conditions, and the, the doctor is giving you the facts, What is what actually exists, what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel according to your flesh. But man, you got to renew your mind to the truth of God's Word because the truth trumps the facts, the truth if you renew your mind to that truth and that truth comes alive within you, becomes real to you, the Holy Spirit quickens that truth to you, that truth will trump the fact that we see in this physical world. Remember Ephesians chapter 6 I believe it's verse 12 where Paul says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood We're not wrestling against cancer and and depression and anxiety. I mean, you can wrestle with it. You can go take medication and take different things. And it can help some of those things in the natural. But we need to set our eyes on the truth and walk by the truth and trust in the truth and speak the truth over ourselves. And that truth has the power of God attached with it to change facts. And so let's go to Exodus 34, verse 6. It says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Truth is abounding within God. God can produce nothing but truth. He can speak nothing but truth. He is truth. I don't know how, how better to explain that. But when when we're looking at the world, you see, many believers walk by sight and not by the truth found in God, in His Word. God gave us His Word to reveal Himself in it, to reveal what truth is. But the sad fact is many believers look at circumstances. They They look at the news and they take the news as truth. They walk in fear because they are afraid of the lie. Fear is a lie. Fear is a liar. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's the truth. We have been filled with the spirit of truth, not the spirit of fear. We don't have to walk anxious or uh, worrying about the future. Paul says, In Philippians, I believe it's Philippians 4 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Not for everything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We don't thank God for everything, but we thank God in everything. Letting our requests be made known to the Lord. And it says that when we do that, when we're not anxious, when we're not worrying, when we're thanking the Lord, making our requests made known to Him through thanksgiving, that the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be anxious about the future. We don't have to be anxious about the unknowns. We don't have to give in to depression. We don't have to give in to fleshly anger. We don't have to give in to the temptation. We don't have to yield to our flesh. If you're walking by the truth, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let's go to 1 John 1 verses 5 and 6. This is the message which we have heard from Him, talking about Jesus, and declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness. God is light, and in Him is no darkness. So God is truth, the truth reveals light, the truth illuminates, the truth is light. God is light, and God manifested the truth through the Word made flesh, which is Jesus. In John chapter 1, it says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word. God's Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. What is the first thing, the first phrase that is in quotation marks documented in the Bible? Well, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to go ahead and look this up in my Bible so I make sure... I get the right verse correctly, but if you go to Genesis chapter 1, the account of creation, we're going to see the first word documented as being spoken out of the mouth of God. It's very interesting. The first words that are in quotations, I'll I'll start from, from verse 1. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, remember John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and it says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us in the form of Jesus, God's Son. So listen to this, verse 3, then God said, let there be light and there was light." What did we we just read in 1 John 5 and 6? That God is light and in Him is no darkness. Jesus was said to be the light of the world. That's what He declared to the world, that, that I am the light of the world. That's the light that we're supposed to be shining to the world putting off to the world the light of Jesus on the inside of us. And isn't it interesting that the first words documented in the Bible as being spoken by God is let there be light. My personal belief, my personal opinion on that scripture is as soon as God spoke those words, Jesus, the Word, made flesh, was prepared for man. Jesus, the light of the world. You know, and then it says later that the Son was created after that. Jesus or God wasn't creating the Son in the beginning in that verse. He was creating light. He was creating truth. So Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. So you could say it like this, the truth is equal to God's word, which is equal to Jesus, the word made flesh. So if you want to know the truth, you look to Jesus. If you want to know the truth that can trump the circumstances you're facing, you look to Jesus. If you want to know the truth that can trump the sickness, the symptoms that's attacking your body, you look to Jesus. If you want to know the truth, that can trump the circumstances of lack and poverty in your life, you look to Jesus, the truth, the light. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them, talking about believers, talking about us, talking about his disciples. He says, Sanctify them by your truth. He's praying to the Father. This is Jesus' prayer before he goes and suffers being crucified on the cross. He's praying and he says, sanctify them by your truth. And then Jesus gives a definition definition to what truth is. He says, your word is truth. John 1.14, this is what I was talking about before. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, the word, that's become flesh, that dwelt among them, them, was full and is full of grace and truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus identified himself as the truth. He didn't he didn't look back to the Old Testament and look at Job and say, that's the truth of how you're supposed to, uh, to, to look at God and get your opinion of God and God's character. No, he said he was the truth. Now, I'm not saying that the Old Testament, we can't learn from the Old Testament, that the Old Testament is not the Word of God. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we need to read the Old Testament through the lens of the truth found in Jesus. And the problem is many churches, many pastors, majority of believers within this world look at the Old Testament and that's how they get their view of God. And then they look at Jesus and they think God and Jesus are are different because Jesus in His earthly ministry, He walked this way but in the Old Testament people look at God described in the Old Testament and they say, how does that? How does that coincide? They look like different people, but Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." He told that to, uh, to I believe it was um, to Timothy. I'm not, I'm not positive on that, but he he says in John chapter 14, he looks at his disciples and he says, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." And I'm sorry, I, I misquoted that. It wasn't Timothy. <laughs> Timothy's in the epistles. Uh, let me let me look it up here i don't like to misquote things um, in john chapter 14 jesus is talking to his disciples encouraging them telling them not to uh, be troubled by the things that will they'll they'll see he says uh he says let's see thomas said to him lord we do we do not know where you are going or how we know, how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip, it was Philip who asked this. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. You see, they. this just shows that the disciples did not have a understanding of who God was, who the Father was, and all they had was the Old Testament to go off of. So they, so Philip asks Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. And look at Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus said, if you you look at me, I am the truth. Look at me, I am the Father. If you look at John chapter 15, he talks about abiding in the vine. He says that that, uh, if you abide in me, I will abide in you and the Father will abide in you also. For I am in the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. In fact, Jesus says that no man has seen the Father except for the Son. Now remember in part one of this series talking about the truth, we talked about Pilate asking the question, what is truth? In response to Jesus' answer in, in verse 37 where he said, this is the reason why I came into the world, to bear witness to the truth. That verse says that the sole purpose of Jesus coming to the world, coming to earth, being made flesh and dwelling among us was to bear witness to the truth. Why did Jesus have to bear witness to the truth if the truth would be found in the Old Testament? It's because the Old Testament was a shadow of what was to come. The Old Testament pointed towards Jesus. But it did not reveal the truth of who God was in the Old Testament. You cannot get your view of God and His character in the truth apart from Jesus. So you can look at the Old Testament and you can learn from the Old Testament. You can take uh, life lessons and you you can see and find Jesus in types and shadows in the Old Testament, but you cannot understand the truth. You cannot get your truth of who God is from the Old Testament. That's revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ. According to Jesus' own words, Jesus said that He came to bear witness to the truth. Let's look at 1 John 5.20. 1 John 5.20 I'm going to look that up real quick. First John 5.20 says, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding. Son of God. The Son of God is, is Jesus Christ. So we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. What what John is saying here is that we can know truth because the Son of God, Jesus, came. And Jesus gave us an understanding of the true God. You see, the people, when Jesus walked the earth, the the people that he was ministering to were under the old covenant, and they did not see God as a loving Father. Their view of God was through the law. That's how they saw God. They saw God as a judgmental, wrathful God. They did not see Him as their Father, their loving Father. And Jesus came To fulfill the law for us because we couldn't so that we could be united to the Father and be one with the Son. To be one with truth. To know the truth and to walk it out. Jesus defined God's word as the truth. Jesus was the word who God made to be flesh and was full and is full of grace and truth. Therefore, Jesus equals God's truth. You might be asking, why are you spending so much time on defining the truth? Because there is so much confusion right now over what the truth is, over where to look to find truth. There there are believers all over the world that are looking to their pastor to tell them what the truth is, they're looking to, to books apart from the Bible, to tell them what the truth is. They're looking to teachers. They're looking to facts. They're looking to circumstances, to politics, to the news, to doctors, to find out what truth is, when the truth is found in God's Word, which is Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. And that's, that is powerful. And if you can grasp that, if you can grasp the essence of the truth being contained in Jesus Christ and that when you were born again you were the incorruptible seed of Jesus was sown on the inside of you was planted on the inside of you and your old man that old nature that old man that you were born with died when the truth entered inside of you when that seed of truth was planted in your heart that old man died there was a there was a transaction that takes place you died with Christ and you resurrected with Christ according to, uh, to His Spirit. You became a new man in Christ. A new man according to the truth. So we got to renew our minds to who we are in Christ. Jesus referred to Himself as the truth and stated that He was born into this world for this cause and end. To bear witness to the truth. This is so important that we grasp this. If, I'm, if I were to ask you why Jesus came to the world, to came in the flesh, to us, to walk among us, you would say probably to die for our sins. You'd say to be our sacrifice. You'd, say, you'd probably say to, to destroy the works of the devil because that's what it says in 1 John, I believe it's chapter 2 or 3. It says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And you wouldn't be wrong in saying those things. Those things are the truth, are part of the truth. But the the sole reason why Jesus came was those things, but also to bear witness to what truth is, the true God. He was bearing witness to the Father. He was declaring to the world, this is who God is. If you look at me, you'll see God. That's what Jesus was saying. That word bear witness means to give testimony. According to dictionary.com, the definition of bear witness is a person who has seen or was present at an event and so has direct knowledge. Jesus was and is the only one that could bear witness to who God was, to the truth, because he was the only one Who saw it? He was there. He was present for it. He was the Word made flesh. He is the Word made flesh. Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Again, Jesus said that no man has seen the Father but the Son. So that means Moses never saw the Father. He saw a shadow. He saw, it says that God walked by him and he saw God's backside. But God has not revealed Himself to any man prior to Jesus. Jesus was the only one who could give testimony, who could bear witness to the true God, His Father. Job never saw God. Joshua never saw God. Elijah never saw God. David never saw God. They could not bear witness to the truth. Jesus was the only one who could bear witness to the truth. Now the people who wrote the Old Testament, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they were writing from what they knew as God. They weren't writing from a personal, intimate, face-to-face relationship like Jesus was displaying to the world. That's why Jesus was so radical to the world. That's why the Pharisees hated Jesus because they related to God by their works. They related to God, looked at God according to the law. And Jesus looked to God according to His relationship as His Son, who He knew to be God, His intimate face-to-face relationship with God. So we can take the Old Testament and if we read the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, we we can get an understanding of the meaning of the Old Testament and we can learn things and we can grow but we do not figure out and base our definition of God and who He is based on the Old Testament and the experiences that people had in the Old Testament. We base the truth of God through looking at Jesus, through Jesus. And I'm sure many of you out there that are that are listening to this are probably uh, might get angry at that statement. I'm not saying the Old Testament is not the truth. It's God's Word. It's, it's Holy Spirit inspired, but the writers of the Old Testament were writing without the knowledge of Jesus Christ, without seeing God in the flesh. He, Jesus is the God-man. God's Word made flesh. And so we got to read the Old Testament now as New Testament believers through the lens of Jesus Christ. So, I'm going to close there. I'm not going to get into uh, the finishing up what the truth is. I'll finish that up in the next episode. I pray that you guys have been blessed by part two of this series on the truth. And we're going to continue this in episode 23 of the next Bible study. All right, guys, have a great week. It feels like a blessing falling on me. like the blessing keep falling on me